What a privilege it is to gather together on this Lord's Day. Do you have a spiritual hunger? Are you hungry? Are you looking for some food from the Lord? Trust by the power of God and His Holy Spirit that you will not go away hungry. For a meditation this morning, titled it this way having godly character to be teachable are you a teachable person school children I want to talk to you do you enjoy school why do you go to school getting all kinds of smiles. You go to school to learn, right? Somebody has to teach you. You have a teacher. If you're at home, your mom and your dad, they're your teacher. Are you learning? You know how we can tell if you're learning or not? what we call a test, right? Or a quiz. Based on the results of that test or quiz determines how much you retain that knowledge. I remember for myself when I was in school, I did not like school. It wasn't until in my upper grades that I actually started enjoying school. But I would sit there and I would stare out the window I had nothing better to do but to think of driving a tractor. Turning that rich black dirt, watching the birds, playing. Could have cared less about school. Also remember, failing a course, a biology course, Getting the book back, all the blanks, all the lines were erased. I had a redo. Ellis, do you remember that? (laughs) Obviously, I didn't learn enough in that first time. I failed. And to your credit, Ellis... I learned a lot more that second time around. But if you'd ask me now what I learned in that class, I'm afraid I'd have to say I don't really remember. (laughs) But there's the real test, and that's the test of life. And that's when we get to practice what we learn. The story of two elk hunters on a hunting excursion... They were both successful, and each of them bagged an elk. And when the bush pilot, they they had flown back in, the only way to get back where they were hunting was by plane. The bush pilot, when he came to pick them up, he looked at things over and said, Sorry, but this plane can only handle one elk. If we were to take both of those elk, we would more than likely crash. 
But the reply of the hunters was, last year, the plane was the same size. And the pilot left us take both elks. After some contentious exchanges of words, the pilot finally relented, and they began their trip home. Wasn't long, however, before problems surfaced. The overtaxed engine sputtered and began to lose altitude. After struggling, they crashed the plane into the wilderness below. Crawling out from the wreckage, one of the hunters asked the other hunter, Do you know where we are? The other replied, I think we're only about a mile from where we crashed last year. Now we would say that's foolish, right? Why is it so hard sometimes to learn? Turn with me to Proverbs chapter 17. Proverbs 17, I'm going to read verses 1 through verse 10. And at the top of my Bible, it it has the title, it says, The Wise in Heart. Proverbs 17. Better is a dry morsel and quietness therewith than a house full of sacrifice with strife. A wise servant shall have rule over a son that causes shame and shall have part of the inheritance among the brethren. The finding pot is for silver, and the furnace for gold, but the Lord trieth the hearts. A wicked doer giveth heed to false lips, and a liar giveth ear to a naughty tongue. Whoso mocketh the poor reproacheth his master, and he that is glad at calamities shall not be unpunished. Children's children are the crown of old men, and the glory of children are their father. Excellent speech becometh not a fool, much less do lying lips a prince. A gift is as a precious stone in the eyes of him that hath it. Whithersoever it turneth, it prospereth. He that covereth a transgression seeketh love, but he that repeateth a matter separately separateth very friends. A reproof entereth more into a wise man than a hundred stripes into a fool. I want to give you a quiz this morning. See how you do. I borrowed these points from John McDale, and I expounded on them, but I thought they were good points. First point I have is... You know you are teachable when people can give you input. Be glad that people can be comfortable to come to you and to give you input. To help you improve. A fool will be deeply persuaded that he is right and sometimes will say things that may hurt. You know what kind of people I'm talking about. They're the kind of people that you know if you confront them, you walk on pins and needles around them, that you'll get your head bitten off. The next time 
you're about to bite someone's head off, stop yourself. It would be better for you to be silent and not say anything than to lash words. We need input. We need the input of our brothers, our sisters, our family. Our, our life would be so boring if we had to do it all on our own. Number two. You know you're teachable when you see growth. If you're changing for the better, you're learning. Godly instruction will produce fruit. When you're growing as a child, you don't become an adult overnight. When you're a new Christian, it takes time to grow with God. Two Sundays ago, Dad preached on growing up. Paul talks about also having a diet of milk and moving on to meat as we mature. If you're still, if you still have a diet of milk, then that pauses for a serious question. Why aren't you growing? Are you teachable? Number three. You know you're teachable when you don't have to answer a critic with a defense. It's refreshing to sit down with a person who has a strong point and your heart is open to him without being defensive. Those who are receptive to criticism will flourish. The virtue of accepting another person's viewpoint, unless it is scripturally unsound, is something that we should strive to attain. We need to put effort at seeing the other person's point. It's been said before, but if you want to really know the real truth about yourself, ask your critics, those around you. Was it not Abraham Lincoln who surrounded himself with those that were critical so that he could have a better, honest, more valuable view so he could make better decisions? Number four. You know you're teachable when you don't have to criticize back. You know, the classic, the classic symptom of an unteachable person is one that when you're talking to them, or they're talking to you and you're listening, and you're in your mind you're not listening, but you're framing your comeback. Can we keep our defenses down, our pride in check? Then you probably are a teachable person. And that can be hard. Number five. You know you are teachable when, you le- when you're learning new ways to grow. If you still hear people 20 years later saying the same thing to you, then you probably haven't grown very much. 
How did you do on those five quiz questions? It was a challenge to me. Maybe it's not so imp- much important as to what grade level we're in, but more the fact, are we making progress? Are we driving a stake in and a year later we can look back at that stake and see how far we have gone? And then we do it again. Are we content to stay where we drove our stake in and not happy to keep moving? Our children, four times a year, bring home a report card and we at a glance can see how they're doing at school. We can tell if they're making progress or not. Do I dare say that if we want to be effective in God's kingdom, we need to be making progress? How would your report card read? You probably heard the saying, constructive criticism. Would it make a difference in your mind if you know a person is sharing with you that he loves you and cares for you, has concern for you, what he is saying may have some truth to it? Sometimes we need constructive criticism. It will definitely and truly show our character and what we're made of by our response. The greatest barrier to being teachable is pride. And there's a very familiar Bible character that come to mind and I'd like to look at him this morning and that is Jonah. Jonah chapter 1 question can be asked was Jonah teachable? If I can find Jonah. Jonah chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. Now the word of the Lord came unto Jonah, the son of Amittai, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, for their wickedness is come upon before me. But Jonah rose up to flee unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord, and went down to Joppa, and he found a ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare thereof, and went down into it to go with them unto Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. Was Jonah teachable? Obviously, fleeing from the presence of the Lord wasn't of the Lord, it was of of himself. He did not want to be taught. He did not want to follow through. It takes exercise to be teachable. 
It does not come naturally. Sometimes we have blind spots. And we can't see those blind spots. You that drive truck know what a blind spot is. In the back of these trucks, sometimes you'll see a picture depicting their blind spots. They can't see that. Or you'll see on the back uh, uh, a sticker that says, if you don't see my mirrors, I can't see you. That's an area that the driver cannot see. That's a blind spot. But a person on the outside has a totally different perspective of that area of that, that field. Because we can't see it. We need that, that input into that blind spot. Be open to hear. Just because you don't see it doesn't necessarily mean you're always right. Your resistance to be teachable will affect others. And we'll continue to look at Jonah here. And, and the fact that he was teachable but he had a rough start. Let's look at verse 4 through verse 7. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea, so that the ship was like to be broken. Then the mariners were afraid and cried, Every man unto his God, and cast forth the wars that were in the ship into the sea to lighten it, to lighten it of them. But Jonah was gone down into the side of the ship, and he lay and was fast asleep. So the shipmaster came to him and said unto him, What meanest thou, O sleeper? Arise, call upon thy God. If so be that God will think upon us that we perish not. And they said every one of his a fellow, Come and let us cast lots, and we may know for those for whose cause this evil is upon us. So they cast lots, and the lot fell upon Jonah. Our relationship with God will be reflected by a relationship with others. Those that we rub shoulders with, those that we have contact with, those that are around us. If we're not if we're not learning, if we're not being teachable, that will rub off. That will affect them. Just like here, Jonah. He was running from the Lord. Those that were in his ship struggling because he brought this upon them. When I cannot receive feedback from others, then we need to get in touch with God. Having a divine perspective will affect others. Look at Jonah chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 a lot has happened here between this uh, passage chapter 3 verses 1 through 4 and the word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time saying arise go unto Nineveh that great city and preach unto it the preaching that I bid thee. So Jonah rose and went unto Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city of three days' journey. And Jonah began to enter into the city 
a day's journey, and he cried and said, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. There is the turning point for Jonah. The word of the Lord came unto Jonah the second time, and he listened. What would have happened if he had not? It made me wonder. It paused me to ask this question. If a brother or sister in the church isn't teachable, does it affect the whole church? I would have to say yes, it probably does in some way or another. That it will affect those around us. Can storms come up that affect the church because of one person? If I want to be teachable, I need to be, first of all, in touch with God. So when we are teachable and God is working, it will not only affect you, but it will affect your family, your church, your community, even the place you work. We are humans. We will make mistakes. Sometimes we need to go back and say, I'm sorry. I don't want to do that again. That is being teachable. As I was thinking about being teachable, I thought of Jesus when he was here teaching the disciples, teaching those that were around him. Wouldn't have that been neat if, if Jesus could be here and he could be teaching us? I have some verses pertaining to that. You don't have to turn to it, but in Matthew chapter 4, verse 22, 23, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom and healing every kind of disease and every kind of sickness among the people. Matthew chapter 7, verse 29. For he was teaching them as one having authority, not as their scribes. Mark 6, 34. When Jesus went ashore, he saw a large crowd, and he felt compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Luke 4, 15. And he began teaching in their synagogues and was praised by all. John seven fourteen. But when it was now, the midst of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began to teach. Mark 4.34 And he did not speak to them without a parable, but he was explaining everything privately to his own disciples. Second John 1.9 Anyone who goes too far and does not abide in the teachings of Christ, does not have God, the one who abides in the teaching, he has both the Father and the Son. Now back to my thought of Jesus being here and being our teacher. He is here. We have him in this in our work. We have his Holy Spirit. 
so that we can know more, that we can be teachable. I'm working on a little project at home. It's not taking up a lot of my time. But I have a little four-wheeler sitting in the shop, and it's been sitting there for a little too long. And I thought of this illustration. It was working just fine. It was running. It has a little engine in it. It's a little, it's a little 120cc four-wheeler. And uh, it was working just fine until one day it wouldn't run. And I found out that there was no spark in the spark plug. So I went about changing different things and still no spark. So on a whim, I took it to a dealer or to a four-wheeler four place, and they had it for a few months. And you know what? They couldn't even figure it out. So I have it back again, all torn pieces. I'm still trying to figure this out. So if you want to help me out, I'll try to be teachable and, and learn from you if you, if you if you have advice on this. I know there's some mechanics sitting in here. But um, my, my illustration is that, that four-wheeler is useless. There's no life in it. I have a battery sitting right there. Everything's all hooked up to it. It cranks over. It acts like it, it will run, but it doesn't keep running. There's no spark in it. So the parallel I want to make is you know, we can tap into God and, and His power, but if it doesn't light our spark and it, and it doesn't give us the explosion that we need to the momentum to move forward, then we're a dead spark. We're a dead engine. We're not going anywhere. Solomon, for being one of the wisest people to ever live, understood this concept. Proverbs 19 Verse 20. Hear counsel and receive instruction that thou mayest be wise in thy latter days. Or latter end. Proverbs 11.14. Where no counsel is, the people fall. But in the multitude of counselors, there is safety. Proverbs 15.22 Without counsel, purpose are disappointed. But in the multitude of counselors, they are established. Proverbs 27.6 Faithful are the wounds of a friend, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. And there could be a lot more. Sometimes we need tough love from our friends, our brothers or sisters who care enough when we are tempted to make a disastrous choice. There's another aspect to this being teachable and that is learning from the counsel of godly mentors those who are older those who are wiser more experienced it's good for us to sit up and pay attention when they speak if we want to be teachable being a strong will person is not a problem 
if our will is surrendered to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. But it is a problem if our strong will prevents us from receiving counsel and correction from others. Would it be possible for me to say that a person that struggles with receiving counsel and advice from others, that they more than likely probably struggle with receiving guidance and direction from God? I have four traits of a Christian who are teachable. Number one is that they will spend time seeking the Lord. Jeremiah chapter 23 Verse 18. For who has stood in the counsel of the Lord? Who hath perceived and, and heard his word? Who hath marked his word and heard it? Another trait. They will continue to rely on the guidance of the Holy Spirit. John 16, 13. Howbeit, when he, the Spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you into all truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. Another trait is they will both hear, both be hearers and doers of God's word. In Matthew 7, verses 24. 25. Therefore, whosoever heareth these sayings of mine and doeth them, I will liken him unto a wise man who built his house upon a rock. And the rains descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it fell not, for it was founded upon that rock. And the fourth trait is they have a repentant heart. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9. we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Trust God can speak to each of our needs as you allow him to. What will be your response? That will be the true test. Are you going to be like Jonah? The Lord speaks to you. Are you going to flee? Or will you listen? Humility is not thinking less of yourself, but thinking of yourself less. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22. I'm going to close with this verse. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. 